you're John Q. Citizen, and we're John Q. Citizen now that we're retired, mm-hmm. if you're John Q. Citizen and you're carrying a concealed weapon to keep you safe because it's easier than carrying a cop around on your back. Hey guys, welcome to Whiskey, Lead, and Steel, the official podcast of Aggressive Defensive Solutions. I'm Lee Curling, and this is Rick Sutton joining me today. And Rick, what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about the difference between offensive and defensive shooting. And side note, the other name is feelings hurt while you wait. That's no. likely to happen. It probably will. Yeah, it probably will. Yeah, I think it will. Because, because we got, everybody wants to be an operator mentality. Dun, dun, dun. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you are the spec for in a transportation company. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you are a beat cop that went and took one extra class. Yep. I don't care if you're the, the guy that was never in the military but goes out to the range every weekend and has $5,000 worth of Gucci gear. Everybody wants to be known as an operator. Yep. And you know what? You know Rick is going to use the term operator with me. And that's a trigger, trigger. Trigger warning. It, it, there, there is a trigger warning. I, I might have to insert the, the gift thing as a B-roll right here. Yeah. Um, but going back to the eighties, when I was, when I was in, when I was in school, uh, Sergeant Major who was, did not wear a special forces tab because as he said, I did never went to, went to the school. special forces school because he was a first instructor at the school. So he was a. Plank owner. He was an actual plank owner. Plank yeah, he was a plank, plank owner of the, of, of the school. Um, <laughs> so, and everybody knew him. Yeah. Right? right? He, he was the senior airborne ranger in the United States Army at that time. Um, connection. You know, there's, you know, there's always the small world, right? Yeah. His connection with, with the Marine Corps was he was in Beirut. Yeah. Out in the, out in the desert when, when the, when the barracks were bombed. And his... A team came in and did the perimeter security so the Marines could yeah sift could, through the rubble yeah sift through the rubble so that that was you know so so the, there's the Army Marine Corps connection there yep. um but of all of that he never the one of the first times I ever really heard the term operator was he had a young captain that came in and come to talk to us who had worked with Sergeant Major Duke back um, when he was operational and he came talked to us what he talked to us about really really wasn't relevant but after he left Major Duke said you know, that guy said he's going to go be a real operator yep and he was heading to what was at the time euphemistically and I guess still euphemistically known as Delta Force Kick. yeah so it's, it's, you know, here's a guy who, to me, he was the guy. Yeah. He's, he hung out of airplanes, Korea, Vietnam, was, was, was everywhere where there was something. Uh-huh. And he points to somebody else to go, that guy's an operator. Yeah. So I'm going to say this. If you call yourself an operator. And you don't have a designator and, and, as and, a special 
warfare or special operations specialist. Yeah. So I, I just want to, you call yourself an operator and I give you crap about it. I, I have never even thought I was close to that. But but the the standard I hold up, that's that's the reason why I hold that standard up. Yeah. And, that, and that's where I hold it up yeah. from. So, but anyway, so, yeah. so, so we went, we went, we were kind of down, far, down, down, down a little, little rabbit hole there, but, um, so yeah, everybody wants to be an operator, yeah. but, but, but we're here really, mm-hmm. <laughs> really talk, talk about, about defensive and operation, defensive operational shooting and offensive operational shooting. And, right. and, and among the phrases that we use a lot of the times, uh, we, we make reference to freshwater, saltwater and brackish water, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. here... And, and as we talked about this earlier, kicking the idea around. So defensive shooting, I'm going to say purely defensive shooting. John mm-hmm. Q. Citizen, who has a concealed weapons permit, carries a gun because of the criminal element. That's the freshwater. That's a defensive shooter. Uh, I'm going to say one more. Yeah. You're retired from the military? Yeah. I'm retired from the military? Yeah. You're retired out of law enforcement? Mm-hmm. My military experience says I'm retired out of law enforcement. Yep. I, I am. I am now a defensive, defensive shooter. shooter. I yep. am a defensive shooter. You are a defensive shooter. Mm-hmm. So, but if you are carrying a gun for a living, and and as you talked about, part of your job is somebody points and says, "Go over there and shoot and kill those people." That's all. Offensive shooting. That is offensive. Without a doubt. Offensive. Mm-hmm. If you're a if you're an infantryman or or an operator. An operator. Right? Well, they, 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 then you're doing offensive shooting. Where the brackish water comes in, right? A little bit of mm-hmm. salt water, a little bit of fresh water is if you are the average law enforcement officer. Where you're not going out with the intent to kill somebody, right? But you are going into harm's way, mm-hmm. and in the event that there is a deadly force encounter, there are things that you have to do following that that the def- that the traditional defensive shooter doesn't have to do. Mm-hmm. If you're a law enforcement officer and the guy pops out of the bushes and waves a gun or a knife at you or whatever, um, and you have to shoot him, you then have to go handcuff him, and then you have to do all of the other things that go along with that. If you're if you're going into a building after mm-hmm. a uh, uh, an active shooter, there are things that you have to do. Whereas from the purely defensive standpoint, mm-hmm. right, the idea is that you're going to engage deadly force, hopefully well enough, rapidly enough, and long enough, that you can then find a bolt hole and get the hell off the X mm-hmm. and call in the cops. Yeah, so, so I, I think to kind of restate a little bit which would said from a defensive standpoint, mm-hmm. you're responding to an incident that is that is happening mm-hmm. that has put you in a position where where I have to take where I have to engage in deadly force. Yep. And you are also then compelled to disengage mm-hmm. very quickly. Yes. Right. So, so you need, you're, 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 you're right. Well, so you have to escalate and de-escalate based on it being a defensive mm-hmm. incident. Whereas in law enforcement, you have a you have a you have a set of extra legal protection, mm-hmm. right? Yep. In which you are you may be not in a position that is dangerous to you, but because of something that is going on, you may be then 
put into a position yes. or you're going to look for a bad thing to happen. Yeah. Right? You're, there, there is a, an incident going on, whether you've been dispatched or you're here or whatever, you're running into harm's way. Mm -hmm. As a defensive shooter, if you're not engaged in an incident and you go engage yourself into an incident, depending on a number of factors, you may or may not put yourself into a significant set of legal problems. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I think I think that there therein lies kind of that to me one of the one of those gating factors whether you're whether you're an offensive shooter or a defensive shooter. If you mm -hmm. as a police officer, you have the ability and an expectation mm -hmm. to to move in, move to the sound of the gun, move to the move it, to the sound of gun yeah. Which as a defensive shooter, I mean, there, there's a lot of discussion about that. But if you if you're outside the mall and you go inside the mall, you're you're, you're no longer a defensive you're shooter. You're no longer a defensive shooter. Which and, means and you're no longer covered under the concept of saying, I was defending my life. I was defending my life. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. and so among the things we talk about, so But and, I, but, and, I, but, and, I, but, I, but I think there's even more, you know, to, to we started that small little bit. Yeah. I think you were gonna ex expand past just the defensive shooter, the cop. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so earlier when we were kicking mm -hmm. ideas around, we we're talking about, and you said you know with qualification, right, right. The the police, the police don't, as a qualified statement, you know, a an O three eleven a, a, a eleven Bravo. They go, mm -hmm. you five guys go over there and kill those fifteen guys. That's your job. Right. Like, okay. Cool. And away mm -hmm. you go. Um, and that's not something that happens in the civilian world. Right. You and your five buddies can't go, hey, we're going to go across the street and shoot all of those people because their dog's barking, whatever the fuck it is. Right. So you can't do that. So as realistically as a civilian, mm -hmm. as a civilian defensive shooter, you can't you can't afford to be an offensive shooter mm -hmm. because once you go on the offense, you can't claim defense. defense. Right. And defense is the only thing that you've got that gives you the authority to engage deadly force. Right. So, well, interesting, right? Because, because we again another one of those we, we had a discussion with, with W three uh -huh. and 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 one of the one of the big reasons of never talk to the police, uh -huh. right? You know, is it, uh, you know you you always want to to have any conversation through a lawyer, big part of that civil, but. Self-defense is, in order to claim self-defense, when you, when you go to your criminal trial, you're claiming self-defense, you have already said, yes, I okay. killed this person. Yeah. I, I right? injured or it, I killed this person. Yes. Yeah. In, in order to claim self-defense, you have to say, I committed an act which is criminal, yet... There are these mitigating factors that absolve me of that that criminal guilt. That criminal guilt yes. Yeah. Right. Kind of one of the only things out there. One of the few things out there. Generally, you're going. I didn't do it. That's right. Right. And, you know. Did you see me do it? Did you see me do it? I. You. You didn't see me do it. You can't prove I did it. That's right. Right. But in self-defense, I've admitted. Yeah. I've done it. I've engaged in this act of violence, and this is right. why. And if you have gone on the offense, 
your ability to claim self-defense is gone. It's gone. It's gone. So the me and my three buddies decided to stack up on the outside of this building and enter it because I thought somebody was on the inside. You put your, you know, you put yourself in harm's way. I jumped in the bed of the pickup truck and drove down the street to catch the criminal who'd been trespassing. Right. Yeah. 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 Don't and, do that. And, and, Don't be that guy. Right. Well, and, and, and in the end, you can't claim self-defense when you were the initial aggressor. That's exactly right. Well, he, well, he grabbed the shotgun, so I had to kill him. Yeah. Well, you pointed a shotgun at somebody... Did you? Yeah. Did, yeah. By, by many states' laws, you had kidnapped them yeah. because you you were you were preventing them from leaving because yep. you were pointing a gun at That's them. Exactly right. And he yeah. thought he was going to die. Yeah. You yeah. you got pissed off because the guy cut you off in traffic, and you got out in traffic where he couldn't move his car, and you approached his car, and were gesticulating wildly and making all kinds of violent, threatening motions, and he got out of the car with a fucking baseball bat. Because his kid's in the car and he's scared for his kid. He's on the defense. He now has a baseball bat. And you shoot him. You're not winning that one. Because you've become an offensive shooter. And you started it, the fight. You can't it, defend this. You've started the fight. California a couple years ago where... where got in this station wagon ran over... Oh, yeah. The guy's a motorcycle. Because yeah. the police officer got mad because he thought that he had cut them off. Which he didn't. Yep. By, by all the video. Yeah. And then starts, you know, police officer takes off his helmet, starts trying to beat his window in. Mm-hmm. He's got his wife and his children in his car. Yep. He yeah. away. And he drives away, ends up running over, running over a bike. But when you've got a gang attacking you, yep. all of the gang yep. is, is, is right. participant in, in, in the, in the exactly action right. that's being taken. So it, there's a number of things, right? Yeah. But, but it's defense. Mm-hmm. Yes, did he run over him? Yeah, there's video of that. Sure. Was there the mitigating things to go? Absolutely. I thought those guys were going to kill me. Yep. And you know what? They might have. Yep. Right? There, there's yep. Based on the action of them, yep. I, I'd have probably done the same thing. Yep. Exactly right. Um, I would have probably tried not to run over the bike because, not because I'm concerned about the bike, but right. I might get lim- stuck on it. That's right. You limit your mobility. And you limit you your mobility. You limit your mobility. Exactly. Right? Exactly your inability right. to get off the X. Yeah. Right? Because the, the goal yeah. is to get off the X. Yes. But because it's defensive. It's defensive. It's defensive. It's so the defensive. idea is to engage only when you have to and then break contact and unask the X as quickly as possible. Right. So we, we've talked about the, the 0300s and the 11 Bravos. Go take that building. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely offensive shooting. We get yep. that. We understand that. We've talked about the uh, road rage incident where I'm at the stoplight and somebody jumps out and starts trying to bust my window out with a mm-hmm. skateboard or whatever. Do what you got to do and you, you get away. That that becomes defensive. Part of the brackish water. So there's an active shooter at whatever. And the industry standard in law enforcement in the United States today is, and this was not always the case, and I Mm -hmm. I was there through the evolution of this. So the evolution, so the way it works now is there is an active shooter at this school. Mm -hmm. And the first officer on the scene hears gunfire in the school. That's important. Because if there is not gunfire, 
that's not an active shooter. Mm -hmm. And you have to make the distinction. But, right. So we're going to, for this argument, say there's active gunfire in the building. Well, that officer's requirement now is to jock up, go to the sound of the gunfire with the express intent purpose of ending that threat. Right. Which is not really far off from you owe 300, go mm -hmm. over there and kill them five guys. Right. Because the reality of it is, mm -hmm. and we've talked about this in other instances, as long as the fight is going on, mm -hmm. there is viable threat to everybody else. Rescue's not coming in. Nobody's getting treated for injuries. In a mass casualty situation, as long as there is a viable threat, nobody's getting treated. Right. You, you literally are taught, mm -hmm. and it's because you got to end the threat, you are literally taught to move past the injured people right. who are laying there bleeding out. Do not, do, don't put a tourniquet on them. No right. pressure. Move right past them because the goal there goes from preventing it from becoming a massacre. Right. It's going to go from being a tragedy to a massacre if mm -hmm. you don't get there and end the fight. And so then you have to go and you have to do that. That's part of the brackish water where mm -hmm. you're now offensive. If you are on a SWAT team, mm -hmm. right? And they go, okay, um, we have a high-risk search warrant or we have high-risk warrant service on a guy who is a killer or a drug dealer, whatever it is, and we expect heavy resistance. So you guys, in all your kit, jock up, go through the door with the understanding that there's a better-than-average chance that it's going to go connect. Mm -hmm. You're defensively shooting to prevent you and your buddies from getting killed, but your operational op, your operational concept is an offensive one. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the brackish water comes in. But realistically, if you're John Q. Citizen with your concealed weapons permit, there is almost, in my opinion almost never a justifiable incident where you would go offensive in operation. Now, mm -hmm. almost never. We've talked about this scenario before where you're standing outside of CVS and somebody runs out of CVS and says, there's a madman in here killing people. Mm -hmm. And you've already gotten your prescription. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you, as John Q. Citizen, go into the building... You are putting yourself at risk for criminal action, and you are probably going to lose the civil action, right? If you're in CVS when it goes kinetic, mm -hmm. well, now you get to say, well, no, I was defending my life. Okay. Where the wrinkle comes in is, now are you able to articulate, well, my significant other was in CVS. Mm-hmm. You are now exercising deadly force in the defense of somebody that you specifically know is a threat. Mm -hmm. That will not automatically absolve you of criminal or civil liability, but it will certainly put you in better stead than I don't know any of the people who are in there, mm -hmm. and I just decided to be a hero. It listen, every state's laws are, are slightly yes. different. Yep. Right? I'm not a lawyer. You're not a lawyer. Thank God. We're not. We're not doing. We're not looking at states' laws, you know, overall. But yeah. But as a general, as general a general rule. rule, if if you are not currently in harm's way, and I, and I always hated that term in harm's way. Mm -hmm. um, it was a just cause thing, right? Isn't that that, that, that where they coined that term? Yeah. Um, but if you're not currently in harm's way, and you move to put put yourself in harm's way. You you 
have a risk there. Mm-hmm. Big right? one. And, and I would say, right, obviously we, we had a you know tragedy not too long ago here in you know here in Chesapeake, mm-hmm. right, with a you know with a employee that shot several several yeah. coworkers. I would I would reasonably say that if if I or you or anyone move to engage him we probably in our city would not have would not face charges criminal charges criminal charges for that whether or not that there would be civil charges yes. or civil a civil case afterwards a whole different thing but there is you know it is kind of hard i think in a in a civil case when somebody that has has engaged in shooting multiple individuals mm-hmm. to to go well, well, you 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 shouldn't you shouldn't have shot him. Yeah, somebody should have shot him. Yeah. I'm gonna say somebody should have shot yeah. him. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, and and I don't think you're gonna find a jury that, that ain't gonna go. Well, yeah, somebody should have shot that guy. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I think you're but you're putting yourself in a position where you have to realize before you engage as a as a civilian. Mm-hmm. With no other, per, uh, no other protection beyond mm-hmm. the fact that that I am, I'm allowed to defend myself. Yep. And no you, legal requirement to defend anybody else. Right. Well, and again, you you, you have no other legal protection other mm-hmm. than I can defend myself. The actions you take at that point, you're taking those, and and you need to understand what those lines are and when when you're going to engage in activity that could could be detrimental to mm-hmm. your your continued freedom mm-hmm. and your family's financial you know fin- in a cardboard box under an overdraft <laughs> your favorite thing right? That's right your favorite saying right? Right. You know, selling you crushed know. cans for victim beer money right and so so I mean when you get down to it, it it's if if you want to go to cool high speed stuff, go do cool high speed stuff. That's cool, right? And we, we've had a discussion on training, right? There's a lot of training. It's a lot of fun, right? I, some of the mount training we used to do um, in the military. Some of the I did a lot of stuff that was a lot of fun, and I missed mm-hmm. doing that kind of training. Yeah. But I. As, as you see people talk about you know some of the training that they're doing and then you hear people going oh I took this training so I can go I'm not clear house. I'm not clear building yeah, I, I, I can you know so so now I'm, I'm, I'm good for X and I've said this before on podcast I did I stacked on doors yeah. 20 some years in the military mm-hmm. even when I was a first sergeant I'd go do that training why because I enjoyed it it was a lot of fun but every time I did it no matter where I did it and whether whether it was a whether there were blank rounds because we were training or whether it was an actual live event two round two two way range two way range I'm I, there's always a lot of trepidation because even though I trained all the time, it's still hard because it, there is so many variables, so much unknown. And to see people go, well, I, I went and did this and, and I can do this. Yeah. It, there's, 
you're not an operator. Yeah. Right? I mean, unless, uh, unless the world calls you an operator, you're not an operator. Right? And, and you go out there and you, you spend a, a week doing something, that's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but you got to understand the limits of what, A, is reasonable training for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your use, what, what's, what's reasonable, useful training for you yeah. that, that you can, I'll, I'll, I'll verge on, on, on cringing myself, but, but training that you can operationalize. Well, right. so not same as operator, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but but you can operationalize as a defensive shooter. What is valuable to you? Well, here, here's and here's my thought on this. Mm-hmm. When we start talking about training, right? Training is something that you do. It's a skill set that you develop that you are going to actually employ. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're doing a skill set that you're not going to actually employ, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Then you're not training, you're playing, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, it, 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 in 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 one of my other worlds. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I have people that I teach how to ride horses, mm-hmm. and I have taught police agents, police officers, and, and police agencies how to control their horse in this method to use their horse as part of a weapon system to ride into a riot. Mm-hmm. There are specific movements that you do. And then you go out and you squash people with your horse, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a shitload of fun. I got to tell you, it's it's one of the best things out. <laughs> but then there are horse shows mm-hmm. where you show up and you show how to do that technique, but you don't have to smash anybody. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who go, well, that looks really cool. I'd like to learn to do that. But I'm never going to go to a horse show and I'm never going to be a cop and I'm never going to ride my horse into a crowd of drunk riotous assholes. Mm-hmm. Well... If you're the cop and you're learning how to do this with your horse so you can go smash drunk assholes, mm-hmm. then you are training. And if you are teaching this horse to do this so you can go to a competition mm-hmm. and show that you have this skill set, then you are training. Mm-hmm. And if you are figuring out how to horse to get your horse to spin on his forelegs or on his hind legs and, and, and move to the left and right, well, then you're kind you're of playing. playing. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with playing. Mm-hmm. If you go, if you go <clears throat> and shuck out, you know, eleven hundred dollars and spend seventeen hours over two days at mm-hmm. the range and shoot two thousand rounds mm-hmm. and run around and do all that cool shit, and none of it is anything you're ever gonna do. You're never because you've you are not now. You would never have been. You never will be in the military or a cop. You will never legally, legitimately stack on a door and clear a building against mm-hmm. a armed opposed foe. Then you are playing. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Just understand that you're playing and don't think that you're training and that you are then qualified to go out and do shit in the real world. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that that's, that's, that's the great fine line. And that's the big mud issue. Right. Well, right. That, that's, that's the, that's, that's the big mud puddle that, that a lot of this stuff lives in. And that, yeah. Be, because just that, right. Because you, you got a set of training. Mm-hmm. Skills. Uh, you got a set of. You, you learned some you, skills. You learn you, you, you went through a set of skills. And unless you continually hone those skills and reinforce them and reinforce them under the supervision of someone that is qualified mm-hmm. 
to execute those skills. Yeah, somebody right? with some gravitas. Right. Then, and again, it, and I'm, I'm going to throw back, you know, we had a discussion, you know, a little earlier that comes out, you know, came out with, shot with you for a bit and then kind of stopped shooting and yeah. like, was, a, was a complete novice to begin with. And then kind of got to the point that in a very short period of time, well, I, I think I should be good at this. I mean, I don't want Rick to think I'm not doing well or, or whatever. And then start sh- shooting by, by themselves. themselves. You're you're getting you're 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 not going to get better shooting by yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe you may get a little bit better accuracy, but what's going to happen is you've got a a, a small finite amount of skills mm-hmm. that you've learned and you're going to begin to to live in your 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 own little head right and it's it's the right you're going to you're going to reinforce the things you think are right and the th- and some of those are not the right things yep right so you may reinforce bad habits or you may kind of enforce good habits but then there's a, that set of skills that you kind of vaguely knew you're going to start avoiding and then suddenly you've you've shrunk down from all these things that you you were exposed to into this little bit and a big part of it is just just probably not right yeah right so yep anyway so i mean we've been at this for a bit this was this was this was I don't know, probably about half an hour. I think it's good though. It was, it was good. I mean, we'll so, we'll find out because because yeah. people will call us and go, "Hey, that was really too long," or "Hey, I could have done forty five more minutes of that." Shout out to Ron. Yeah, because Ron's like, well, "When are you guys gonna start doing real podcasts?" Or or or, <laughs> or people or somebody will say, "This is too long," and somebody will say, "You could have gone for another forty five minutes." Yeah. Yeah. Both. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, so you know, I, I think we covered. We covered the, the aspects on, right? of we covered yeah. the, the aspects of, of defensive and offensive shooting and, and again like I said I, I I had some going into this my viewpoint of offensive shooting kind of there were kind of two different aspects of it yeah. right there is that military and there is that law enforcement and there there is different aspects of those um, and we went down some a rabbit hole there here a rabbit hole there um, any rock yeah. bottles hand grenades as a shooter. Understand whether or not you need to be a defensive or offensive shooter or operate in that brackish area. Um, and then conduct yourself accordingly and seek the appropriate training accordingly. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Yeah. If if you are, if you're John Q. Citizen, and we're John Q. Citizen now that we're retired. Mm-hmm. If you're John Q. Citizen and you're carrying a concealed weapon to keep you safe because it's easier than carrying a cop around on your back... Um, then you might be better off spending your money on more traditional shooting than you are taking a SWAT class. Because that's really not going to be applicable to defensive shooting. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, door kicking classes are cool. Like I said, they're I, fun, but they they have I, I, almost no applicability right. to the average person who's carrying a concealed weapon. And, and 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 you know, and this this goes back to. You know, six months ago, you know, we we're sitting around talking, and you know, a buddy of mine showed a picture of you know him doing a class, and you know, you can clearly see, you know, yeah. The, 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 yeah, the guy lined up on the door, right? It, you know, with a with a, you know, it, it was all handgun stuff, yeah. and 
projecting it past the doorway. Yeah, telegraphing the shit and out the of guy, The bad guy. I mean, the picture shows, while it's, hey, look how cool this is, the picture clearly shows the bad guy can see the gun. Yeah. He knows when you're going to start moving. You know, and, and this is a classroom setting. So if if at that point, and, and this is the the end, this was this was the the, the very end of all of this training that, that that he was doing. There are those small little things that you just aren't going to be able to replicate. Yeah. Post going and getting that training. Yeah. Right. Or, right. And again, it go have fun. You okay. want to do it? Go have fun. That's cool. But understand. If you try to operationalize offensive shooting as a defensive shooter, you're like you're putting yourself into a bad a bad position. Yeah. Yep. So if your feelings didn't get hurt, we'll try again. Yeah, we'll try again. We'll next try time. again. But I, I think we're pretty safe on this. I think probably somebody got their feelings hurt. No, that's I'm, a, that's I'm, okay. sure, that's I'm sure. Right. sure. I raise your hand if you think you're an operator. Yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 I know you think you're an operator. Right. I'm going to raise my hand. Be safe out there. Thanks for spending some time with us. We hope you found this entertaining and enjoyable. Dude, there, there are all kinds of feelings got hurt on there. Okay. I, yeah. I, I actually was a special operations guy. But, uh-huh. but I wasn't a green beret. I wasn't a snake eater. <laughs>